0: Hello, welcome to episode 11 of the We're All Screwed Up and That's Okay podcast with me, Dawn Walton. In this episode, we're talking about self-care and refuelling. You have a lot of people who talk about self-care. They talk about things like running a bath, soaking for a couple of hours, lighting some candles, having a glass of wine. Or going for a walk, reading a book, taking some me time, taking some downtime, pampering yourself. But you see, pampering doesn't work for everybody. Not everybody finds relaxing a good thing. Some people find the idea of going internally and just being in that space in their own head actually quite scary. If you've not had a particularly great childhood, then you might find that the idea of being alone with yourself is actually the opposite of self-care. I personally don't do well when I close my eyes. I can sleep, that's fine. But if you ask me to do any sort of mindfulness or meditation, and I am expected to close my eyes and connect internally with myself, then I have a huge problem. In fact, my problem's so big that it can sometimes cause what's called an ab reaction. An ab reaction happens differently for everybody, but probably the easiest thing to understand it as is something like a panic attack, where physiologically your body goes into overdrive and mentally you have a bit of a breakdown. When I do a nab reaction, everything shuts down. It's like my brain goes, nope, you can't talk anymore. You can't interact anymore. You've got to be quiet now. And it it doesn't come in this big, dramatic way. I just find myself unable to speak or move. I can hear fine. I can process everything that's going on. I just can't interact, which can be very scary for the people around me when they're trying to get some sort of sign that I'm okay and I can't respond i've had other people do ab reactions where they sob uncontrollably with the whole body shaking people who have dark spaces in their brains find going into yourself connecting with your body being silent being still can be a real problem these are the sorts of people That when they try mindfulness and meditation, they find it doesn't work for them because their mind is too active. These are the sorts of people that don't like relaxing, don't like stopping. So for these people, the idea of self-care, where you soak in a long bath, is a bit (laughs) daunting in many ways. That's not their version of relaxing. And you can feel there's something wrong with you, but actually, it's just a protective mechanism. All things are a protective mechanism. If something hurts, you're going to avoid it. That's the first rule of life. We're programmed from when we're born to avoid being hurt. And unfortunately, whilst our brains haven't evolved, they have adapted, and now we take things that hurt us emotionally and treat them exactly the same way as if they were going to physically hurt us. So we will avoid being hurt at all costs. So for some people, The internal world is a scary place. Some people, their body is a hard thing to connect to. Your body might have let you down growing up. And so anything that is traditional self-care actually requires that you are kind to yourself, that you're okay being still, that you're okay connecting internally. And there's a whole group of us out there that that doesn't work for. And that's okay, because we're all different. It doesn't mean there's anything wrong with you. It just means you're different. But then the people who can do it are different. (laughs) They've got other things that make them different. We're all different. So you do what works. So like with anything I talk about, I want you to regard these things as a pick and mix. Take out of it what works for you, leave behind what doesn't. That's fine. So let's go back to this idea of self-care. If self-care isn't having a relaxing bath, going on a spa day, doing mindfulness. What the heck are you supposed to do? (laughs) How are you supposed to switch off? Well, that's the key. Self-care and switching off are actually not the same thing. In my opinion, self-care is as much about acknowledging yourself, being aware of yourself, as it is the actions that you take, as it is about relaxation. So the best form of self-care, in my opinion, is to say, I got through today. I achieved this, despite how I felt, I was able to keep going. Isn't that amazing to be able to say that? To be able to give yourself credit for what you do instead of constantly beating yourself up for what you feel you haven't done. And that is the key. So there are two things that I talk about all the time. One is awareness. The second is acceptance. Awareness is about realizing that things will trigger you. Things will cause you a problem. And that's Okay. And that's the acceptance bit. So being really in tune, not necessarily connecting with yourself physiologically, but actually being able to see the alarms and the alert signals and ask yourself, what's that about? Why am I feeling this way just now? A couple of weeks ago, I was watching a TV series, Unforgotten, I think it's called. Um, It's on Netflix. It's a British uh, drama about a police officer who investigates dead bodies that have been dead for a long time. Um, cold cases, you might call them, but they, they discover a body or a skeleton or whatever, and then they have to do the track back to work out where it comes from. And, and it's a really, it's quite an interesting series. I think there were four series of it, and we were on series two. And as series two developed... The way that the series works is there's different characters and you don't, at the start of the show, know the role that the characters have. You're kind of piecing it together and guessing what each one does. And there were three main characters. And as you went through it, what transpired was the dead body of the person that was found was an abuser of one of these three characters. But what happened is these three characters met each other in actually, I think, a mental hospital. And they created a pact where they would take out each other's abusers. So each one of them had been abused and they went and killed one of the other abusers so that they had an alibi for their own. And that's fine. You know, these these things can be triggering. For me, it was okay. I'm perfectly okay with stuff like that now. Uh, I tend to approach more things as a professional curiosity uh, than I do anything that triggers me. So I can deal with all of that sort of stuff really well. Each series, they take you, all the episodes lead you to the final conclusion, which is who did it, basically. And in the last episode of series two, one of the the main characters, once he was found out, went on to describe his abuse in very graphic detail, actually very accurate graphic detail. And then one of the other female characters went on to describe her abuse. Again, once more, in very accurate graphic detail, far more than you'd normally get in a program. Most programs just skim over it. These guys made it very real. And actually it was so real that for the female character, the line that her abuser used was the same one that mine used. And it kind of floored me. <laughs> As these things would, it, it, it floored me. And for a week, I think afterwards, uh, my sleep was significantly disrupted. I don't tend to have particularly restful sleeps anyway but it was far more disrupted physically I had all sorts of stuff going on and I knew exactly what it was I knew exactly what it was and I knew that it would pass it would work its way through so I sat with it and I asked myself what do I need to do do I need to do anything to move this through And my general strategy for dealing stuff is avoiding it. (laughs) So we create massive distraction, do lots of things, challenge my brain, engage my brain and body in a totally different activity so I don't have to stop, so I don't have to go internally, so I don't have to sit with something that hurts. That is what I do in life and what I've always done, which is why I look super efficient at getting things done. It's just because I keep busy as a distraction. I don't like stopping. But you see, the moment we're in lockdown... (laughs) We're in lockdown, so we're stuck in the four walls of our house with very little for distraction. And Whilst here in Scotland, we are a little bit out of lockdown. I don't have much for distraction just now. So all my normal coping mechanisms were not available to me. So it was a pretty uncomfortable week. But interestingly, at the end of a week or so, I was aware, again, it's an awareness, that something had shifted. Physically, things were starting to settle. I didn't feel a kind of shakiness inside of me. And obviously, my brain was part, starting to process it. Now, I'm at the end of a very long journey where I've done lots of work and had lots of help. But I still have stuff to work on. So for me, when things like this come up, I have to stop and I go, OK, what's that about? Where did it come from? Is it something that I can totally understand, right? Anybody who's been through any similar experience would be able to go, yeah, I can kind of understand how that happened. Must have sucked. And then you just get through it. So I I am aware that sometimes things just you have to ride them out. I'm also aware that sometimes uh, the alarms are going to tell you that there's something else that's unresolved. Not everything needs fixing. Sometimes you just have to accept that you're screwed up so acceptance is it's okay to feel this way of course it was okay to feel this way they, they put some very graphic like when i say graphic not visually but mentally graphic um triggering information on a tally that was unexpected it kind of blindsided me of course why wouldn't you react that way and so it's okay It's totally okay to go through that set of reactions. So awareness is about having tripwires, alarm signals, alerts, whatever you want to call them. Things that go, whoa, something's going on here. What caused that? Second step is, do I just need to ride this out? Do I need to surf it, sit with it, experience it, let it happen? Or is it an alert that something has been uncovered that I need to work on? Now, if it's the decision that you just need to ride it out, then that's where your self-care strategy comes in. Because being kind to yourself is about being honest and accepting that this stuff might be difficult and it might cause a physical reaction. So now you have to work out what your strategies are, what works for you. If you read... um, how Your Body Keeps the Score and um, ooh, Chasing the Tiger or something, I think it is, uh, which are books about um, how our body releases trauma, you might experience the idea that you can shake things out and that you can um, sometimes doing intense exercise, like really pushing yourself, can work. At other times, so i found when I'm in a really difficult situation, If I try and go for a run, because there's so much adrenaline already in my body, it's just absolutely exhausting and draining because I've got amped already. And then I try and do something that generates extra ampage um, and that doesn't work for me. So maybe something that is uh, strength training or not so cardio based would work in that sense. But stopping doesn't help things flow so you need to do other things so as I say exercise it might be watch a really good film it might be tapping find the thing that works for you that's healthy because actually the unhealthy option is to try and avoid it and we talked about that in the addictions episode how addictions work in helping us avoid stuff so awareness this is happening why is this happening acceptance this is understandable given the circumstances Or what do I do with this next? Because I think I need to work on this a little more. So self-care is about acknowledging and accepting and being aware of your stuff and actually giving yourself credit for being able to get through it. So for me to have something that was so directly triggering and not actually be that bad in the sense that I could function still And it cleared within a week or so, which is really quick, all things considered. That is self-care is going, yeah, I can do that. I'm okay. I can cope. I can deal. And that will give you more energy. So that brings me to the second part of this conversation. So even when you haven't had traumatic events, even when you don't have a triggering situation, so let's say you are a person that is perfectly comfortable doing yoga, doing Pilates, doing mindfulness, doing meditation, going for a massage, having a relaxing spa day, chilling out. Let's say you can do those things. That's not necessarily going to fuel you. So if you have, again in your early years found that you have been fueled by adrenaline, then one of the problems is if something happens during childhood that creates that adrenaline buzz, and you know, adrenaline is a thing that is released by your body designed to help you escape a tiger attacking you. It's designed to enforce the fight or flight or freeze to make it as effective as possible. So adrenaline is designed for an unsafe environment where you need to do something different to survive. It is not designed for a normal environment. So because is in your body, your response to viruses and disease is different because in the short term, those are the least critical factors. And your response to pain and infection is different because in the short term, those are the more critical factors. So your physiology is fundamentally changed. Now, when this happens as an adult, you go into this state, things work through, you come out of this state. A bit like this this triggering program. I went into a state, I worked through it, I came out of the state. When it happens as a child, you don't have that resting state to go back to. So you stay in that high state of alert. So you might find that if you experience childhood trauma that you don't get many Colds and and things like that, where other people do, because your body is in this permanent state. So, your fuel is created by your adrenaline. This is where adrenaline junkies, you know, we say adrenaline junkie because it's a drug, it amps you up. So, if you are used to being amped up and then you do some work to shut that down, then the adrenaline leaves your body and now you lose your fuel supply. So this can feel like a real problem. It can feel um, exhausting, draining. And, And one way of thinking about it is imagine that you have spent six months in space in a zero gravity environment. When you come back down to Earth, the gravity will feel really heavy and really draining. Whereas everybody else who's been here all along doesn't even notice gravity and the effect of it. So, if you've had adrenaline, you've created this false skeleton that's fueled you and kept you going. And then when that goes away, you have lost your fuel source. So, relaxation does not replace your fuel source, it doesn't give you something instead. So, one of the ways to approach dealing with fueling yourself is to say, okay, what do I do? to create fuel. How do I actually create it? Not how do I recover from a situation where I was in this kind of highly amped state. But how do I create fuel? Now there's different ways of creating fuel. You can, um, brain's gone blank. <laughs> you, can, um, you can create fuel by doing exercise, right? Exercise gives you endorphins endorphins are an energy source. So that can pump your body up. You can create fuel by noticing your positive things that are happening in your day. So um, positive things, evidence-based positive things. I did this. I coped with this. I got through this. I dealt with this better. I felt calmer whatever it is, looking for evidence of things, even though I was feeling terrible, I still got out of bed. doesn't matter what it is. That creates dopamine. Dopamine is a drug that is a reward for doing things the same way. So if you want to reward yourself for doing good things, you need to write them down. You need to notice them and you need to actively lock them in. Now, you will, if you feel good about what you do, get the other drugs like serotonin, the happy drug. You can get oxytocin by cuddling somebody, including a pet, by staying, you know, giving your pet a couple. It gives you all sorts of, of good drugs. So you can look for healthy sources of drugs, and you can be deliberate about creating them. You can stimulate your mind. You can stimulate your mind by learning something new and different that is challenging. It doesn't matter what it is. It doesn't matter where it leads to. But... As your adrenaline goes away because you've cleared your stuff, either with me or somebody else, it doesn't matter, then when you're looking for a fuel source, you're looking to activate those neural pathways. Every time you learn something new, neurons fire off and a physical pathway is created. So choose to create some physical pathways by doing something that makes you curious and stimulates you. The opposite of sitting doing nothing. Sitting doing nothing is great and necessary sometimes, but it doesn't create create stimulation, so it doesn't create food. So learning something new, doing some exercise, tapping things out, so allowing the emotions to clear through so that they're not getting in the way of stuff, and doing things like yoga, Pilates, or even some sort of mindfulness exercise where you're kind of recharging. You're not just stopping, you're recharging and revitalizing. You can visualize that happening. So self-care is sometimes about giving yourself credit for stuff. Sometimes it's about identifying fuel sources and giving your permission to go and get those, to do the exercise, to do um, some learning, to do something to create stimulation. Because you've been, if you've had a childhood which has had traumatic stuff in it, you've been in a full-on stimulated environment constantly. You do not have the experience to know what lack of stimulation is like. So to go from fully stimulated to nothing can be exhausting and draining. So don't. (laughs) Do something. And here's the rule in life. Do something. It's always the rule in life. Do something. right? No matter how you're feeling, do something. And then give yourself a pat on the back for doing something. Remembering you can only do one thing at a time. So do one thing. doesn't matter how many things you've got to do. Don't fill your head with all the stuff you've got to do. Just do something. Do something, get on with it, and give yourself credit for it. You will recharge your batteries that way and find a new, healthier way of charging your batteries. Hopefully this is useful. If I carry on much longer, I'm in danger of waffling on, so we'll make this short and sweet. And I'll speak to you all again soon.